Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in John chapter 20, and let's talk about the emphasis of the Holy Spirit during this current season of your life. John chapter 20, and let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would shine today and illuminate the Scriptures that we might walk in the light of your truth. Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name we pray, and together we all say, Amen. John 20, verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she came and, uh, excuse me, then she ran and came to Simon Peter. A lot of running going on here. And to the other disciple, that would be John, who wrote the Gospel of John, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. So everybody's running around. Mary's running. Peter and John, they're, they're running together. And it says that John outran Peter and came to the tomb first. Very interesting. Well, I don't think they were really like wanting to get into a race, but sometimes when you're just kind of like running next to somebody, just something kicks in and you wonder, wonder who's faster. <laughs> you just, and you just both take off. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be said. You just start going, each of you going faster and faster. And uh, it, it proves here that John was the fastest. And, you know, he was the younger, uh, actually probably the youngest disciple out of all 12 and lived to be the oldest. And, you know, Peter was probably a little bit older, maybe a little bit more uh, muscular, because he was a real strong man, even able to pull a whole net of fish uh, to the beach all by himself. He was a very powerful man. But, you know, everybody has their different, their different strengths, gifts, or talents. And maybe John was a better runner. Obviously, he beat Peter, got to the tomb first. But John does not go into the tomb. And it says, and he's stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there. Well, that's fascinating. That says a lot about the personality of Peter. He was an apostle of faith, and he's just bold. So he goes right in. So sometimes in life, it's not who starts first, or who gets there first. Really, it's more of a long-haul experience. So you, maybe you didn't get there first, which, which is what happened to Peter. But nevertheless, you got there in your own timing, and you got there by God's grace for you. And when you show up, you show up and you do things the way God has anointed you to do certain things. And he's bold. He goes right in. So just be who God made you to be. Praise the Lord. Now, they saw the linen clothes lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also. Now John comes in. And he saw and believed. Well, I'm sure he did, because that is just an absolutely amazing thing that they would have encountered, because Nicodemus came previously with over a hundred pounds of spices. And so they wrapped Jesus in linen cloth, wrapped each finger individually. Uh, There's a certain custom, a certain way of doing it, but they just wrapped his entire body in, in that burial cloth and then soaked it with all of that resin, all that material, which would begin to harden up. And so when they looked in there and they saw 
the grave clothes, they're looking basically at like a resin shell because the Lord's body is not in it. His body had been resurrected, and they're probably thinking, how did he get out of that? Because that would have hardened with all of the uh, sticky stuff and, and all of that. And the only opening, the only way anybody could get out was just that little cloth that went over the face because they didn't cover the face by wrapping it up. They just put a cloth over it. And they were probably thinking, how did he get out of this? So you and I know, of course, he was resurrected from the dead. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, verse 11, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Now she's going to have a one-on-one -on -one encounter with the resurrected, uh, resurrected Christ. Verse 17, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, see, she did her her part. She fulfilled her responsibility, which was to tell the apostles, you know, relay this message to them that I've been raised from the dead, and I'm going to be coming soon. Okay, so Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that He had spoken these things to her. So she's the messenger, and she delivered the message. And if you read the other gospel accounts, you'll find out that they just thought it was just silly make-believe stories. So they did not believe her very credible eyewitness testimony. They just completely dismissed it and didn't believe. Now, verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Sometimes we think that the revealing of the hands and the side that initially happened with Thomas, but that, that happened later. So these men that were here in this setting, in this group, they got to see it first. They saw the Lord's hands. They saw how they were pierced with the nails. They saw the side. They saw, they saw all of that. Now, verse 24, now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I, <laughs> I will not believe. Well, it's amazing. He's just basically saying, you know, it doesn't matter how many of you have, uh, you know, your so-called experience. I'm just flat out not going to believe it until I have a one-on-one -on -one encounter with the Lord myself. Well, again, there's some things that are kind of being overlooked here. We know that there were various scriptures where Jesus just flat out told the disciples, look, I'm going to Jerusalem. And you're going with me. And when I get there, they're going to they're going to mock me. They're going to scourge me. They're going to do all of these things to me. And he told them all the things that they the you know the Gentiles were going to do, and every single thing was fulfilled. And he said they're going to kill me. They're going to crucify me. And he said after three days I'm going to rise again. And he just told them everything. And even though he said that, it's kind of like the light didn't go on. When I'm talking about the light, I'm talking about understanding. They just didn't get it. Uh, even Old Testament Psalms, like Psalm 16, verse 10, 
which talks about the Lord would never see corruption and uh, reference to his resurrection. Uh, they just didn't get an understanding of that. And even though Jesus point blank told them, I'm going to die, they're going to crucify me. Three days later, I'm going to be raised from the dead. They just, they just couldn't get a hold of it. Now, the Lord has been resurrected from the dead, and now the testimony and the words are coming in. And so initially, uh, you know, the original 12 were very skeptical, uh, and, you know, Mark's gospel concludes, and you see the stern rebuke they received from the Lord because of their unbelief. And here we have the situation where some of them were not all present during the Lord's first visitation when he came into that room where they were all locked in and just, you know, does his thing. He can just appear in the middle of the room. I, I've had times in visions where the Lord has just walked through the wall and he would come up and talk to me and he was done, turn around and just walk back to walk, walk out and go right through the wall and disappear. He has the ability to do that. Praise the Lord. That must be a lot of fun. One day when we get our glorified bodies, We'll be able to have a lot of fun also. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But see, here's the thing. Thomas said, basically, he said, I will not believe. I will not believe. We have to look at this, though, in context. The Lord is wanting these men, these 11 apostles, to believe something. He's more than wanting them to, be, to believe. He actually expects them to believe. He even commands that they believe. Nevertheless, Thomas is just not going for it, and he's resisting. He boldly says, I will not believe. Believe what? What's the Lord looking for? He's looking for a specific belief in what the Holy Spirit is emphasizing right there. In other words, it's not the time for Thomas to say, well, you know what? I don't really believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead, but I do believe. Yes, I do believe that Moses crossed through the Red Sea and that it was split in two. And they went across in dry ground on dry ground. I believe that. And I believe when they got to the other side, Pharaoh's army was swallowed up by the sea. I believe it. Well, that's nice, but that's not what the Lord's looking for. See, there's a, there's a, a time, there's an emphasis where the Holy Spirit is endeavoring to get across a specific faith for, watch this, a specific thing. And it's not that you don't disbelieve uh, past events and praise God for past events or things like that. It's just that there's a different highlight. There's a, there's a different focus. What what is a de denomination? Why do we have in the Christian church, a, it's a good question that a, a lot of young believers ask, why are there so many different denominations if we all believe that Jesus is Lord, why are there so many different denominations? Good question. It's primarily because what was lost after the first century, what went into the dark ages where so many of the initial truths that the church walked in were just lost. Um, a denomination would come along, a man of God would come along, sometimes a lady, mostly men, would come along having received a revelation from the Lord. How about Martin Luther? Justification by faith, not by works, not by doing push-ups to prove to God how much you love Him, not by doing all of this stuff and, you know, all, all work-related but just by faith, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, well, I'll just, I'll just believe that. And so in other words, you're, you receive Christ by faith, you're saved by grace, 
through faith. And so it's called basically the doctrine of justification of faith. So that came as a revelation that brought a truth back to the church known as the, the Reformation. And so that eventually turned into the Lutherans, the Lutheran church. And what, what happened? They, they restored a lost truth back to the church, but they camped there. And see, God's still moving. There's still other truths to receive, other things to revive, other good blessings to step into. But sometimes denominations, and usually they do, denominations, they'll bring to the entire body a great revelation, but they'll camp in that revelation. They'll not, they'll not move on. So you've had other revelations brought uh, to the church. And then, you know, like, you know, water baptism. In other words, if you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, well, you should be baptized. Jesus said that, Mark chapter 16, that it, if you believe and are baptized, you shall be saved. Now we know that the, 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 the actual act of being immersed in water doesn't save you. It's your faith in God through his grace that saves you. But really, why would anybody who's a born again, Christian read that and not want to get water baptized. And when you see in Acts chapter uh, two, when they said, you know, the, the big crowd asked Peter, Hey, what do we need to do to be saved? And he, he said, believe on the Lord and be baptized. <laughs> you know, so why would any Christian not want to get baptized when you say it laid out so clear in scripture? So there was a denomination, a certain man who brought that back to the body of Christ. And, it, you know, pointed out also that the word baptized means to immerse. It doesn't mean to sprinkle. It means to immerse, which is a type of burial, a type of death, uh, a, a symbolism of that and coming up into the new life as you come up out of the water. So it's an identification, praise the Lord, with the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. So these things get brought back, and then they get kind of established as a denomination camping around that truth, but then a new truth will come forth, and then oftentimes a new denomination is birthed out of that, and then a new move of God will break forth, and many people will be blessed, often believers all around the world, but, but then, you know, there's other truths to discover, so the Spirit keeps moving us forward while some people camp. So as you're going up the mountain, never stop. Never camp at a certain uh, doctrine and said, this is it. I'm never moving off of this because the, uh, just like in the Old Testament, as the Israelites went through the wilderness, they had to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night because the cloud offered protection from the, from the sun. It was like an air conditioning system. And the fire by night was protection from animals and enemies and all kinds of things. So you move with the spirit, you move with the cloud. And so don't stop until you get to the very top of the mountain of God, Mount Zion. Keep on going. A lot of people have settled. And if you settle, you're going to miss God's best. I'm not saying you're, blessed, you're not blessed because you, you can be very blessed. But if you really want God's best, don't stop moving. There's more. Pastor Stephen, I've tapped it out. There's nothing higher. Know that there's more. <laughs> there is more. And in your heart, you know that it is. And so this is something interesting with, with Thomas because the Lord wants these men to believe that he has been raised from the dead. This is very, very important to Jesus. He wants them, he wants them to believe it before they ever see it and have the valid proof. Now look, we all like valid proof. We all like evidence, but there are some things you're going to have to take by faith. And really for the life of, of the believer, the rule of thumb is the just shall live by faith. 
So there are some things you're not going to know, no matter how prophetic you are, no matter how much you pray, there are some things you're not going to know. You're going to have to just keep going forward by faith, and that's the way God wants it to be. That's the way He has created the system. That's how He operates. That's what He honors. So Jesus is wanting these men to step up and to believe all the reports that keep coming in from from women, from men, the, the two men that met the Lord on the Emmaus Road, and just all the feedback that is coming. We've seen the Lord. He's alive. And the 11 just sitting back saying, no, no, we're not buying it. Well, Jesus finally showed up, and he appears in the room. And, of course, every apostle there were like, yep, you're, you're it. <laughs> he's, he's like, here, look, look at my hands. You Look at my side. And they're like, <laughs> and it says they were greatly comforted. Wow, praise the Lord. But not every apostle was in that room. But again, the Lord was just looking for faith. And when he comes back, it says in the, uh, Luke chapter 18 that when he returns, will the Son of Man, will he find faith? He's looking for people of faith. But look, not just random faith. Yes, Pastor Stephen, I still believe the old story that Jonah was swallowed by a great fish, and that fish swam all the way to Nineveh with Jonah in his belly, and that fish slid up on the beach and spit the prophet out, and I believe it, Pastor Stephen, it's the Word of God. That's good. Um, everything in the Bible you should believe, but I'm not saying of course, unless you live in Nineveh or somewhere. I'm not saying that's the present emphasis of the Holy Spirit. It's what's the Holy Spirit emphasizing right now in your life, in your life, and also in the church. What is He saying? Oh, there's a lot of voices out there. But what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What is the emphasis that you need to focus on so that you hit the target? After all, if you're just shooting everywhere, how can you ever hit a target Well, you don't even know what the target is? Woo, praise the Lord. How, do you, how can you exercise faith when you don't even know the area that you should be directing it towards? Just, just going everywhere with it. No, God wants you to be specific. God wants you to get good, good results. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 26. And after eight days, His disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Okay. You're all right. Now, Thomas, be ready. Thomas, you never know. I, I don't believe it. Thomas, you never know. I mean, last time he just, he just showed up right in the middle of the room. Ah, right in the middle of it. Here, here comes the Lord. <laughs> Woo! And I'm sure, I'm sure none of you have ever done that. Hint, hint, right? I, I've, I've missed it before. I, I'm not perfect. None of us are. But I tell you, you have to recognize the faith thing that the Holy Spirit is emphasizing. I really do believe I really do believe that you can go into a major exam knowing beforehand by the Holy Spirit what questions is the teacher going to bring forth because you could have a you could have a test that could potentially cover this much material and you're just like if he throws it all at me I don't know what I'm going to do but no teacher does that teachers they gravitate towards a certain thing and they're going to weigh that test heavy in that area the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you and you can get ready you could have a um you know, like a home showing or something like that, a potential buyer. And you could know somehow in your spirit the buyer is really into the kitchen. And you could you could you could make the focus the kitchen where the kitchen is just immaculate. It, you you know we have maybe like uh, some uh, you know nice fragrance and some fr fresh flowers and stuff like that. And so the potential buyer walks in and sees the kitchen and they're just like, oh that does it for me. I'm buying this house. Uh, the Holy Spirit knows what the needed emphasis is to be. And here it's not just a random belief it's a it's a belief 
You've got to focus right now. Eleven men, you have got to focus. Everything right now is pointing to one focus, the resurrection. You have got to believe that he's been raised before you ever see him yourself with your own eyes. Wow, praise the Lord. That's what he was looking for. And he's looking for something right now also. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Or are you just kind of like just grabbing whatever your soulish uh, nature wants? I'm having faith for that. Pastor Stephen, I'm having faith for God to make me a billionaire. Oh, well, yes, God wants you to prosper. But are you directing your faith on the emphasis? Oh, Pastor Stephen, I know what God wants me to focus on. I, I know. But see, a lot of people, they get in the soul and they want what they want and maybe they're not really sensitive to what the heartbeat of God is and what actually God wants. Let me say this. I really do believe that there is a place in the Word of God for asking. And we can ask and we can receive personal needs. And that's even in the Lord's Prayer. You ask for your daily bread and so forth. But I also believe that if you really endeavor to go after what God wants, He'll add to you these other things, many of them without even you having to ask. And I believe we can see that Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All of these things will be added unto you. And the context of all things, you know, dealt with the things you need of life, housing, clothing, and just on and on it goes. God will cover your basis, praise God. So you want to be able to pick up by the Holy Spirit the emphasis of where you need to point your faith, because you may think in your mind, Pastor Stephen, I got all kinds of things I'm shooting towards that I need God to come through on. And I can understand you can have multiple needs, but, but there, the, the work of the Holy Spirit is marvelous because He's able to show you what you need to be ready for. And for the, uh, the apostles, the 11, it was that you've got to get all your faith, get ready. It's got to be all on the resurrection. Don't even worry about anything else right now. You don't even have to focus on anything else right now. Focus on this. Praise the Lord. Now, after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, and the door is being shut. He did it again, didn't he? <laughs> he doesn't, he's not limited by doors. Mm. He's not limited by bolts and locks and, uh, you know, you can't get in there unless you've got a special visa or whatever it might be. He doesn't need that. Uh, I'll be talking more about the door that the Lord is opening uh, for us for Iran. Now, I, I've told you about the six programs that were recorded with my American Iranian friend who's fluent in English and Farsi, and how we have raised the money. Thank you for your great, gracious giving. We have raised the money so that a voiceover can be done for his voice and for my voice. He was able to raise the money for his voiceover guy. And so I came before you to raise the money to get a voiceover guy for me. That has been secured. But the Lord is opening the door further to where it could be more than just the six programs that he and I recorded together on his set. Perhaps where my program, Pure Gold, that we have put together together as a team through your gracious giving that could be on the the network potentially and we're going to be talking about that uh with that with that company i'll give you more info on that in the very uh near days to come but you have to understand that right now in iran that the lord jesus is appearing to so many iranians so many muslims that 
from the statistics that I've read that every seven out of 10 people that you witness to seven, seven of them get saved. You think pastor Stephen, that's a phenomenal conversion rate to, uh, of people being born again and regenerated and saved. How, how could it be so high? Because they're finding out that if, that if they share the gospel and they talk to 10 people, seven out of the 10 have already had a one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus through a vision. And Jesus has already revealed himself to them through a, a vision saying that I am the Messiah. I am the savior of the world. And I am, I am able to wash away your sins. And so he, he just shares who he is with them. And then later people come uh, his workers and you know which is just the normal everyday people and they're just witnessing to each other and people are getting saved because the person has already been prepped through it through a divine encounter praise the Lord mm, thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah it's amazing so Jesus he's not limited by doors he's not limited by borders he's not limited by anything he can go anywhere and he can prep the people and get the hearts of the people ready so that when the message comes when the message comes, uh, the people just make up their mind right on the spot. And so many just instantly receive Christ. Praise God. By the way, as I've said before, I like fishing where the fish are biting. Woo, I'm excited about that. We're talking today about that emphasis of the Holy Spirit. You know, I do like the following chapter, John 21, where Jesus tell, he tells them to throw the net on the right side. And he said, you'll, you'll have a catch. You'll have a haul. And they did. And they had a phenomenal catch. I like fishing where the fish are at. Praise the Lord. And I'm just believing the Lord for open, to open this door up to the Middle East. Would you be praying for our ministry, praying for us, that the 26 programs that we have already recorded, they're all paid for. They're in full HD. They're ready to go. That God would open the door and that we can begin to come into the Middle East, come into Iran, and see soul saved, just like pulling fish in. Wow, because it, it's, it's on. The, the move of God is on. It's the fastest growing underground church in the world. And we have the good old Ayatollah Khomeini to thank for it. Well, Pastor Stephen, why would we thank him? He's, he's like a dictator. He's, he's, a, he's like, a, like a crazy ruler. Well, it's because of his iron-fisted rule of locking the nation down and forcing Islamic doctrination down the people so sternly for 40 years that the people have had the life beat out of them, and they're just like fed up. And they're like, if, if this if this is what it is, we can't take it anymore. We just cannot take it anymore. And the government of Iran will even call for, you know, like uh, according to the Muslim calendar, national holy days where you're supposed to come out and celebrate in the streets. Nobody comes out in the streets. And the government plays old videos on satellite TV over their nation. They play old videos of people coming out. But uh, even people can see through that lie because it shows people coming out on the videos, celebrating in the streets on a sunny day, but yet the people are looking around and it's in the rainy season, so it's raining. So they know the whole thing is just fake TV, and they're not buying it. They're absolutely fed up with a religion that could not meet their needs, and they're just they're totally burned out. They want, they want the Lord. Praise God. And the Lord is touching their hearts. Praise the Lord. So please pray. Pray for us to have an open door, and we'll go through it. Praise God. We'll go through it.
thank you Lord Jesus I'm not going to share the full details until I have them all to present to you uh, it's still in the mix but it's a really good mix and I believe the Lord can do something very very special now knowing that Jesus can just walk into a room at any time who knows maybe he'll walk into your room and surprise you <laughs> he has met me before in some very unexpected places one time he actually met me in a laundry room where there was a washer and dryer in an apartment flat that I was staying at in Berlin Germany and the the uh, where they kept this washer dryer it was a single unit where it washed and dried both um, you see those in like RVs and so forth but uh, it was in a little bitty room that was not even as high as his table. It was probably the room was only the little room was maybe like four feet high, and it was only maybe four feet wide. Little cubicle room that you could just stick your hand into it, open the door, take clothes in and out, and you know push the buttons on the machine. But there's a little room over on the side I can go there and pray. Would you believe the the Lord came in there and stood before me in a vision? And I saw him standing up while I was kneeling down in this little place. <laughs> he can meet you anywhere, even in a jail cell. If there's prisoners watching, don't be discouraged. God can get his word to you anywhere, even if Jesus needs to bring it to you by his own personal self. Praise God. Now, now let's continue. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Probably a really good thing to say, knowing how much that would startle somebody. He said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, look, he goes right to it. Oh, the Lord's so direct. I like that about the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't say, well, you know, let's, you know, somebody get a little coffee going on, a little latte. Let's sit down and let's talk this over. No, he, just, he walks in and he's going straight to Thomas. Mm. And he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Wow. Catch, catch the context. He's not saying, Thomas, don't be unbelieving. You need to believe in God. It's not what he said. What is he trying to get over to these guys that he really wanted out of them at that moment? What is he looking for? Faith in his resurrection. That they'll believe it before they, ever, they even see him. And they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Even with multiple credible eyewitnesses, people they would trust with their lives. They just didn't, they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. Now, of course, they were going to believe it. Now, there he is, standing there, you know, with his body. And, you know, he's, he's raised from the dead. Well, they believe it, and I'm sure Thomas did all the poking and the touching and, and all of that stuff. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me and have believed, blessed are those who have not seen. Excuse me, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Praise the Lord. Now, Verse 31 concludes this chapter by saying, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. So all of these stories and testimonies, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they're written that we may believe that we have what? Life in His name. So you, you stir up the faith, the believing through the Scriptures that would speak to eternal life. And you keep reading this, you're going to want to. That's why most missionaries, they'll give unbelievers the gospel of John they'll go to the other countries you got the whole Bible but they that's good but usually they just go right to it just like Jesus going right to Thomas really good missionaries they know what to do they go into these nations if they're teaching like English as a second language 
and a lot of times they'll even use the Gospel of John as the curriculum, as the as the um, as the thing that will teach them how uh, you know, like the foreigners, how to read, whether it's in Asia or wherever it might be. I think it's a very wise thing to do because you keep reading the Gospel of John, and you're an unbeliever. It's just going to get into you. Next thing you know, you're going to re- want to receive Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go back again to what the Lord's main emphasis was, what He told Thomas. He said, do not be unbelieving, but believing. Do not be unbelieving. Not, not in these areas of things that you already have gotten established in your heart. You know, the Lord had already talked to them. You know, one day I'm going to rule and reign, and, uh, you know, all, all 12 of you, you're going to have your own throne. You'll, you'll rule beneath me, and uh, I'll, I'll reign over the earth, and David will reign over Israel, and you also will have your own jurisdictions, your own areas. You're each going to, uh, will reign over the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, so they, they knew a lot. There's a lot of stuff they had faith in, they were settled in, but that's not what he was looking for at that time. He's looking for a specific faith in a specific thing. And the Holy Spirit just kept highlighting faith in the resurrection, faith that he's being raised from the dead. So right now the Holy Spirit is endeavoring to highlight something in your life that God wants you to put the spotlight on. Now he does two things. The Holy Spirit's doing two things right now. He's emphasizing something in the church that he wants the church to pick up on corporately, because we are a body. Christ is the head, and we are the body. Some are fingers, some are arms, some are, you know, kidneys, some are lungs, some are feet, wherever it might be. But even still, there is an emphasis by the Holy Spirit for the body. What should the body be focused on in faith, believing for? Oh, oh, I know, Pastor Stephen, it's the rapture. We're getting out of here, and it could happen tonight. Pastor Stephen, I'm in, I'm in hot faith for the rapture. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I do believe, because I believe the Bible, I do believe 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I do believe in the catching up of the saints into the air to meet the Lord in the clouds, often called by certain eschatological, eschatology preachers the rapture, or the catching up. I, I believe in the catching up. I don't always agree with the time frame of when some of them say it's going to happen, but I, I just believe that right now we've got a little more time. Now, if the Lord comes, oh, hallelujah, let's, let's just go. Praise God, we're ready to go. I believe we have a little more time. I believe the great harvest that the Lord talked about and that so many scriptures refer to, and also what is typified through the seven feasts, with the, which is the last feast being the, the great harvest, or, you know, tabernacles, that's the end gathering, that's the big pool. I, I don't believe we've had the big harvest that we're, that we're all looking for. Now, I, I know some nations have had recent moves of God, and are still in mighty moves of God. But I know other countries, and I know some places where people have never even heard the, the name Jesus before. So, we have a responsibility in this generation to take the gospel to all the earth. And the technology is advancing so fast that it's going to happen even in the, re- the most remote areas, that at least people will have the opportunity to have heard the gospel preached. Now, what they do with it will be up to them, and, uh, but, you know, we're at least going to get it out there. And, by the way, we are going to see a lot of them say, praise the Lord. It's going to be really good. But there, there is an emphasis right now by the Holy Spirit. See, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of things shouting for attention that are out there in the ch- in the church right now. And I'm not, I'm not saying they're not good, but I'm saying it's easy to major on a minor and not major on the major. And at that point, at that time, with where the Lord was at and what was going on, it was He was like, I want some resurrection faith around here. I'm looking for faith in the resurrection. Pastor Stephen, I got faith for a new car. That, that, that's good, but that, that's not what the Lord was into on that day. He wants to see some resurrection faith. You can get, get your car later. <laughs> Praise God. Because he, He's going to be walking into your room real soon, and um, you need to be in faith for resurrection. He, he's been raised from the dead. I, I believe it. Hallelujah. I haven't seen it, but I believe it. Mm, I believe the reports. I believe the testimonies. But they didn't believe. And they, they, and so the Lord, He had to deal with them about that. Praise God. May that not be your testimony. I don't believe it's going to be. I believe that you're going to be dialed in spiritually. I believe you're going to be dialed in corporately for what the Holy Spirit is saying. Mm, Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag just yet. I believe I have some insight into what the Holy Spirit is emphasizing for the church. But I would also say this, there is also a personal emphasis by the Holy Spirit. And as you respond to the personal emphasis of the Holy Spirit for where you should focus at most with your faith right now, you'll, you'll start getting tied into the corporate vision as well. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we all have very busy lives. We have many things that compete for our attention and our time. But you need to spend time with the Lord so that this emphasis can be developed clearly, and then you can begin to really build up that area. Praise God. You can build up that area. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The disciples, they should have sat down, and they should, especially Thomas. I'm not going to give Thomas a hard time. He turned out really well. He was, a little, he was one of the guys, a little slow out of the blocks, finished having completed his course. There's two churches today that he had founded in India that are still, <laughs> how about that, that are still functioning today. They've never, they've never closed the doors for 2,000 years. I have nothing against Thomas. <laughs> a great man, a great man. Don't forget, uh, we're going to meet all these people one day. I always try to speak nice of them, because one day we're going to stand before them, and they, they're aware, particularly of what preachers preach. So um, we always want to keep things on a good level, praise God, because we're all going to see each other eventually face-to-face sometime. But my friends, I think what I would have, would have, would have hoped I would have done is you know, get, get those two guys that were on the road to Emmaus. Okay. Now, okay. I'd say, now tell me the story again. Okay. That's good. Okay. Stay the night. When I get up in the morning, tell it to me again. This is building my faith up. You actually saw him. He walked with you. Yes. Yes. We had a meal with him, had communion with him. Oh, okay. Tell me the whole thing all over again. Okay. And I want to get those ladies back in here. I mean, uh, Mary, I mean, she saw, she saw two angels. Oh, those were the resurrection angels. Okay. Tell me again what you saw. I want to know the whole thing. See, every time you hear it, it builds faith. And then you'd be like, you know what he is. I mean, now John, what did you see? Peter, what did you see there at the tomb? You saw the empty grave clothes and knowing there's no way he could physically get out of that. He, something has happened. He has been raised from the dead. So, you know, but you have to keep hearing it, you have to meditate on it, and you have to make the right thing the right thing. You have to make that the focus. Praise the Lord. Now, focus can shift over time. Focus can shift over time. We're not really contending for what would have been classified as 
you know, the Reformation period where the just shall live by faith. Um, we, we know that now. We're, you know, we're, we're justified not by works, but by, but by faith in God. We're, we, we don't have to contend for that. That's been established. But God keeps moving by the Spirit, and truths are being uh, restored. And just like your life also, uh, the church can go through uh, times and places where, you know, you stop and think about the 1900s where, it just seemed like in the evangelical churches and Christian churches, the pastor and the teacher, or let's say it like this, the pastor and the evangelist were accepted, but there's five ministry offices, but only those two were really respected or welcomed, and the other three, nobody even talked about them. Why? They had been lost through the centuries, but they got restored. And you saw the office of the teacher just explode in the late 70s and the early 80s with the teaching movement, particularly what was known as the Word of Faith, where teaching, I mean, just everybody was just consuming teaching of the Word of God. It just exploded. But before that, you hardly ever heard of a full-time minister who made his living teaching. It was almost unheard of. You were either a pastor or evangelist. The office of the teacher was almost like never heard of before. And then, uh, after that, in the 90s, you had the explosion of the prophetic, and now the prophetic, starting in the late 80s, uh, 88, and then into the 90s, now the prophetic ministry was established. And before that, it was very rare. It was very rare to see prophetic ministry embraced or endorsed, but now... Now the teaching ministry is back in the church, you know, uh, you know, going full speed ahead. Now prophets are, you know, noticed and accepted and understood in the church. And now also the apostolic has been restored back to the church. And, you know, th these are moves of the Spirit. Why? Different emphasis at a different time in church history. Well, we're about to go into a new decade. There's going to be a shift in the emphasis, the focus of the Holy Spirit of what God is trying to emphasize of where we need to be really developed in a certain area for them at that time right here what we're looking at today resurrection get your faith up strong for the resurrection because he's going to be checking your faith one-on-one -on -one. he's going to check your faith and he's going to uh, go over it with you did you believe or not and of course they didn't we want to we want to be ready for the emphasis of the Holy Spirit and he will prep you he will prep you for the test that's what the Holy Spirit will do and so just as God moves with special emphasis in the church from season to season from um, decade to decade in you know different time frames he also d does the same thing in your life and what was maybe the focus when you were 20 may not be the focus and I'm sure it's not right now if you're 40 or 50 or 60 there's a complete different focus of the Holy Spirit in your life and you need to spend time with the Lord and catch that catch what the Holy Spirit is emphasizing okay I'll be honest sometimes what the Holy Spirit is emphasizing God's people don't want to embrace they're like oh I, I see that verse over there and I know the Holy Spirit's emphasizing that verse Oh, boy, that's going to really mean some crucifixion of the flesh to embrace that. Yep, and, and that, that, that could be the case. But I'm saying, until you're willing to embrace what the Holy Spirit is emphasizing and grab that and say, all right, Lord, if that's, if that's it, I'm going, I'm, going to, I'm going to really begin to uh, let you work in my life in this area. If, if you don't do that, you can't tie into the larger corporate picture. Because most likely, and I would say highly possible in prob high probability is that this working he's doing in you as an individual is setting you up so that you can be a greater blessing to the body to the brothers and sisters in the body praise God thank you Lord Jesus even even the Apostle Paul in 1st Corinthians chapter 14 
he said that the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is to build others up in the body of Christ. What a blessing. Oh, praise God. So, the Holy Spirit will show it to you. He'll show you what that emphasis of God is. But you still have to be willing to say, okay, I'll take it. And He could reveal it through the inner witness. He could reveal it through a scripture. He could reveal it through a visionary experience that you have with the Lord or with an angel or something like that. But you're going to have to take it and you're going to have to embrace it and put the need weight and development into it. And then you'll be so glad you did. Why? Oh, because sooner or later the Lord always comes around and shows up in your room and talks to you about it. So it's good to follow the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, woo, the Holy Spirit, He will really, really help you in these areas. So get ready. Maybe He's already been trying to get this over to you, but you've been kind of like, uh, you've been like, Holy Spirit, I don't even want to look over there because I have an idea of what you're saying the emphasis is, and I don't even want to. But see, just, just go for it. That's where true happiness is. Remember, Jesus said, if you love your life, that's your self-life, the selfish nature of life. If you love your life, you're going to lose it in the end. But if you lose your life, and when he's, what he's talking about is your own way, your selfishness, and doing it, you know, not having any influence of the Spirit, but you just do it your own way, then uh, he said, if, if you lose your life, you'll find his life. Praise God. Mm, sometimes these things can be right in front of you. Uh, I, I'm, I get concerned sometimes about certain people. I um, I know a couple, and uh, husband and wife, they're married, and I know the, the husband, I know his parents are getting real old, and they're not saved. Just as spiritually dead as you can be, have never received Christ into their heart. They don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, and they're getting older, and they're getting older. And they could die at any time. And, you know, you'd think, if that's my parents, I don't want my parents to go to hell. I need to step in here and do something about this. Oh, well, there's the Holy Spirit showing you your response. Well, that's not the highlight I want. I want the highlight to be that God, that God wants me, He wants me to be a movie star. Mm, that's probably the flesh. Now, let's crucify the flesh. And let's get over here and find out what the Holy Spirit is emphasizing, lest we have our own family members die and go to hell. That is not acceptable, praise God. Not when we can pray and go before the Lord and say, Lord, no, this cannot be. Lord, we're going to have to get them, Lord. Break through to their hearts, praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't be hoping somebody else is going to be doing the praying. If that's your mother and father, you, you need to be praying for them more than anybody else. Don't put it all over on your preacher. <laughs> Praise God. Maybe because maybe he doesn't even care. You know, maybe he's got his hands full. Who knows? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But sometimes I see, I see people, they don't even care. It's like they don't even care if their family members are going to make it or not. And I'm like, hey, that's your parents. They're not going to live forever. Hallelujah. Now, I, I'm, I'm blessed in that area. That's something that's not a concern for me. My, or on my wife's side, both of our uh, parents, they, they love the Lord. I, my dad's in heaven. My mom, she's, you know, loves the Lord deeply, reads her Bible every day. Kelly's parents, uh, wonderful Christians, dearly love the Lord, greatly love God as well. So, you know, pretty much, you know, everybody's doing, doing good. But out, outside of that, you know, if, you're, if your family's not saved, that could be, especially, especially if time's running out, watch out, because that can be an emphasis of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit will interrupt your self-life. 
I just want to have fun, Pastor Stephen. Life's hard. I just want to have fun and escape and go to the movies every night. Well, stay home from the movies uh, a few nights and pray. And, you know, put the emphasis on that, on that thing that the Holy Spirit is emphasizing. And then, and then go, go to the movie after you've done your praying. Praise God. You'll find, though, oftentimes after you've prayed like that, you probably don't want to go to the movie. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. Remember, Jesus said, do not be unbelieving, but believing. That is a commandment. And it's not broad, and it's not general. It's not just like, I believe in God. Even, even the demons believe in God, and they tremble. But don't expect any demon ever to say, I, I want to get my life right with God. They're never, ever going to do that. They're lost. They're gone forever. And uh, they're, never, they're spiritually dead, and they're locked into that, into that. They're never getting out. But my friends, this is not a general faith. This is a specific faith, and it can shift. It can be highlighted. The, the highlight can change depending on the season of your life. And I think, I think the spotlight is coming down by the Spirit of God upon something right now you really need to lock on to. It, it might not be uh, something that will run that long. Maybe it's for two months. Maybe it's for two years. Maybe it'll change after that. But for right now, if that's the spotlight, you need to put the focus where it's at because the Lord will come. He will come, and He will do an inspection down the road about how you responded to this demand of, hey, I was really looking for faith in this area. I was really looking for people to believe that I had been raised from the dead before they saw me to have to believe, before they finally believed it. I was looking for people to believe it, particularly all of you that I've pumped faith into for three and a half years, you know, that traveled with me and, uh, you know, you saw me minister, and I tried to build your faith up. I was really looking for it in you guys. Mm, praise God. So the more you know, the more responsibility you have before the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He treats you differently when you know. And I know I'm speaking to many people that you're not, you're not a baby in Christ. You're mature in the Lord, and He's expecting you to do your part. Praise God. I have confidence that you will. Hallelujah. So should the Lord show up in your room. <laughs> uh, you'd be like, okay, Lord, uh, praise God. Lord, I was ready. Pray, I, I, I have been building myself up in that area, obedient and obeying in that area. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for your people today that they'll, they'll focus on that faith in that specific area, highlight it by your Holy Spirit, something that they're really supposed to be working on right now. I thank you, Father. Tie them into the larger corporate vision. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now say, I receive by faith. So you have to believe, right? You have to believe that God is going to work with you in this area. He will. Everything is received by faith, every blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's take communion together today. Please grab some unleavened bread, some grape juice. Maybe you're watching the program today and you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I, I don't really live in Iran, but it uh, uh, sounds like a lot of people are getting to know Jesus over there. Uh, maybe, I, maybe you live in America or something like that, but you're still thinking, you know, I, I'd still like to get to know Jesus. Well, if you don't know Him, but you would like to receive Him as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer right now. Pray it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I give my life to you. Wash all of my sins away. Make me clean and pure. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. 
amen and amen praise God and if you prayed that prayer from your heart you now belong to Jesus and he has washed your sins away and you've received eternal life let's all take holy communion together father we thank you for the bread and the juice we bless it and we consecrate it this is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ father we thank you that as we look at it we see a little wafer maybe a piece of bread and we see grape juice still but we thank you father it's the flesh and blood of the Lord Jesus concealed through what physically would appear now to be a little wafer and a cup of grape juice father we give you praise we thank you for the body of Jesus we thank you that all of his promises are true they're yes and amen we take a hold of them now the promise for now the highlight the faith highlight now Lord God make it so clear oh God that you could take like a highlighter in the Holy Spirit and highlight it in yellow or blue thank you Father God so that we see it and say Lord we're going to go to work in that area we thank you we believe it in Jesus name let's receive the body of Christ Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, shed for the remission of our sins, the complete forgiveness and the forgetting of our sins. Father, we thank you. We forgive anyone who sinned against us. We forgive them and bless them. Thank you, Father God, that we belong to your family. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, this just came on me right now. There's an anointing for travel. I don't know why, but it just came. Boom, just, just dropped. There's an anointing that if you would like to travel more, and I, this, is, this is actually international. This is what I'm getting. This is international travel. If you would like to travel international, maybe you haven't, but you would like to, okay, get ready. I'm going to pray for you. And if you have done a little travel, but you would like to do more because this is something God's put in your heart that would include you too, I'm going to pray for you. Praise God. I, I know what, what that anointing is when it comes. This is for travel, travel anointing. All right, so that's you. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people. I release the travel anointing upon their life now in the name of Jesus that they will go as Father, as the ambassadors of Christ wherever they go they go as ambassadors of Christ father it might not even be a mission trip or something like that but they're going to go it could be could be that maybe they just want to go see a historic site somewhere or or do something but they're going to go as an ambassadors thank you father God sowers of seed sowers of the word of God into the hearts the fertile soil of people father we thank you in the name of Jesus receive the travel anointing amen and amen praise the Lord amen okay look for the highlighter God's going to give it to you and show you what to focus on thanks for watching I'll see you back next time